And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mack on the mic. To my right, the commish, Randy Hansen. Episode 5, or episode 2, season 5. Off to a little bit of a bumpy start. Rough, rough, rough. Just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. Yeah, you know, but uh, you know, back-to-back weeks with the lounge. Uh, one week closer to people's fantasy drafts. And so that's exciting news. Can we, can we just break down? Already, the, the league... And the podcast is in turmoil. I get a call out yesterday. I couldn't. I couldn't do the podcast. I tell Trotta I got some softball, and I'd love to come over and do it after. And right away, the kid's already trying to replace me. Is that is that what I am to you? I'm that replaceable. Well, when I, what, here's the thing: when I do all the when I put all the work into planning, prepping, putting out the products, you know, I could really put anybody next to me, and oh. it's gonna, it's going to be a great show. Speaking of anybody next to me. Uh, we got a live caller coming in on the lounge line. Now, this man doesn't need no introduction, but one of our favorite staples. A guy that's, you know, ride or die, sold out touchdown leagues. Matt Gallagher's going to be calling in from New Orleans. He's our resident New Orleans guru. Um, I wonder what's on tap for Gallagher. I wonder what he's doing. It's awesome to have boots on the ground in these different NFL locations, and we just get some insight to like what's going on in the street. We got someone's ear to the streets and finding out what's going on throughout this uh, this upcoming year of the podcast. We're gonna have a lot of people all from all around the country because the podcast is going mainstream. You know what I mean? Mainstream. We got people in Denver, up in Green Bay, Buffalo. We'll even check out later this year. We got people in other parts of New York, but it's always good so we can reach out to our guy out in New Orleans, one of the leagues. Very own four-time Teats winner, Matt Gallagher. It's good to have you on the line, kid. How are you feeling? Wait, who's in Denver, by the way? <laughs> oh, that's how you start. TJ's in Denver, bro. Oh, uh, okay, 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 okay. No. What's up, man? It's good to, good to, good to be here. Dude, you sound great. You, you look you great. Do. You sound a little chipped, dude. I look great. Oh, thanks, guys. You've been working out a little bit, haven't you? Yeah, man. You, a little you, bit. If you notice the, the Instagram, there's been a lot of filters, so we got to see the real product when we finally get to see him again. In person, yeah. don't forget September first. The draft is back for this year. That's where we're doing our inaugural thirteenth year of the Solatidis draft, and Gallagher's wow, gonna make his uh, uh, his appearance back in Oakland. Now, now Gallagher, dude, um, New Orleans, a lot of buzz going to the city. What's what's New Orleans more excited about? Start of the football season or Zion Williamson coming to town? Obviously, Zion Williamson. Everybody's hyped about him, but. I don't. I don't consider myself a New Orleans, and I am just ready for the the football season to come. You know, so Zion, yeah, he brings a lot of hype, but who cares? This is a football podcast, right? This is a football podcast. Okay, okay. So no, we don't care about Zion. We get it. Now, let's talk a little New Orleans Saints buzz. What, what's going on? What's the hot topic? What's going on in the newspapers? What are people saying? All right, so I'm gonna bring up a name that. Uh, that is being talked about at every bar I go to. And this name is Emily Nixon. Does anybody know who that is? Emily Nixon? It sounds like one I, of your past lovers. 
No, no, sadly it's not. <laughs> Actually, gladly it's not. It. This is the wife of the next breakout star in the New Orleans Saints organization. And the reason I bring her name up is because she's very <laughs> mediocre looking and very average at best. Okay. So, you know what I'm saying? This this breakout stud that I'm talking about shows promise and character, and you can trust this man if he stays, if he decides, you know, to stay with this Emily Nixon. All right, all right. All right. What, we're, we... talking, we're talking about Taysom Hill. Oh, oh my God. God. Here we go. Don't even bring he he is the fan favorite. You know, he's my my all time favorite because he steals touchdowns away from Alvin Kamara. And I'm 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 saying he's going to triple his touchdown numbers this year. That's my bold prediction. Can, can no you give what, what, what's what would be triple? What would be triple? Buzz. Emily Nixon is the buzz. Next topic. What would be what would be triple his <laughs> touchdown? Um, I didn't I didn't go into that much. He had two all. I want to say he's going to have at least eight touchdowns. Stop, bro. Stop. No, so are they talking moving him around a lot? Is he going to play yeah, more this season? He's going to be in every. He's going to be in every red zone package. You're not going to see Kamara getting those <laughs> touches as much as you would like to. Okay, okay. Speaking of Kamara, if he lands on my fantasy team, over under two and a half Mikey meltdown calls mid game that I'll be making to you about how they use Alvin Kamara. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta up that number by like twenty, bro. Rookie numbers. I, w- I will say this about Mr. Gallagher: he was on the receiving end of many calls of my yes. rage by Alvin Kamara, and you're a great friend for for you know listening to to me about that. Yeah, man, I'm, I feel like I'm your uh, you know your suicide watch list provider. You you run you run a hotline. You run a hotline. You know, talk you off the cliff. That's that's what I'm good for. Um. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm still excited about Kamara. Now, real quickly, Drew Brees entering his 80th season. What, what's yeah. talks? What's talks in New Orleans about Brees? How many years does he have left? What's the production look like, in your opinion? I think I think he's got two years left, but I I still think he's a top ten quarterback this year. He only threw five interceptions last year. If I'm not, Ooh, if good I'm Doug right there. And I mean, he's he, you know he's not the Drew Brees of old, but he still will get the job done. I think they got an explosive offense. I'm, I'm happy with Drew Brees as my starting quarterback. You're feeling good as a fantasy owner. You're, you're hauling yeah, out Drew Brees. If I have Drew Brees, that means my, my other positions are stacked. I waited on QBs. I, I'll take him over Jared Goff, who, by the way, don't bring that name up to me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right now, Brees is 11th-ranked quarterback in fantasy football right now. Interesting. Uh, yeah. According to ESPN. Um I said, I think it says a lot about a person if you don't like Drew Brees. Like, what person doesn't like Drew Brees? Just overall as a quarterback. You know, you know what I mean? He's a little bit religious for me, but. Oh, and okay, and there we go. What about what faith kind of, it, says a lot, it says more about you than Drew Brees yeah, if I you do. don't like him. I got no problem with it. I He's just, a fan favorite. You got to yeah, root for the guy. He's I, just, I love Drew ultimate Brees. Ultimate competitor, ultimate winner. Okay. Um, now, speaking, you talk about Jared Goff, guys you don't want to mention. I know you want, I know you're salivating, salivating at the mouth when you hear this name. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. We're breaking down the NFC South uh, on this week's show. Um, oh, nice. Talk about, talk about what it was like being a McCaffrey owner, and where do you think he falls in the draft this year? So, um, If he doesn't go in the top two, then something's wrong. I'll take him over Saquon, if, if I'm just being honest. I will Ooh. take Christian McCaffrey, number one. Having him on your team is just such a great feeling knowing you're going to get at least a 20 out of him every game and he'd go off for 50 at any given moment it just gives you such confidence knowing that you have 
such a stud on your team as uh, within Christian McCaffrey. It's Ab- just such a good feeling. Absolutely. To piggyback off that, just Christian McCaffrey, when he got the full workload of that offense last year, mm-hmm. he finally boomed. Finally got the opportunity to play every down. He wasn't getting – who's the guy? Jonathan Stewart. Stewart. He wasn't getting – Tolbert sometimes. Tolbert. Yeah, like, you know what? Just let, let this player yeah. play. Um, piggyback off that, like going before, you were talking about over Saquon. We're talking a little draft strategies. Saquon, yeah. just an interesting stat. I don't know if we said this last week. Without Odell Beckham in the lineup last year, Saquon scored 13 less fantasy points. So it's something to monitor with not that many weapons besides uh, Sterling Shepard if he takes a step up. Um, you got Ingram. And then, of course, you got Golden Tate still there if he makes the team in New York. It's something, it's something to monitor. You know that with Saquon, they're going to be packing the box and making Eli beat him over the top. So it's something to monitor, especially going as the projected number one overall pick in the draft. Okay. Wow, you yeah, I'll, take, I'll take McCaffrey. Look at that. I know. I'd, I'd feel more confident with McCaffrey, even though Saquon's just his overall build. Both of them. Both of them. It's, it's like pick, you know what? It's like picking two great apples. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. A great maturation yeah, yeah. right there by Randy. <laughs> I explained that. No, nothing right. What? No, no, you asked me something? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Whatever. Now, real quick, we got two more questions, then we're going to let you go here. Um, Julio Jones, also on your fantasy team last year, um, a monster yeah. year, not a bounce back, eh, not a bounce back year, but like you know, definitely one of his best years. Talk about touchdown Julio. wise, yeah, touchdown. touchdown I mean, sixteen hundred yards too. You can't sneeze at that. Talk about Julio. Where you, what, uh, you know, first round. What, what are your thoughts on Julio this year? And uh, yeah, I think he's easily a top five receiver. I don't know about first round. I'd say I'm I'm happy if I have like the twelfth, eleventh pick, and I get Julio on the way back. Or even on the first round, uh, first round, maybe yeah, borderline first round, second round. But he is easily the one of the most fantasy football consistent history receivers. Like in the whole, he's never had a down year in my knowledge. I don't know if he has, but you know what you're getting out of Julio. You know you're getting fourteen hundred plus yards, twelve hundred plus yards every every year, every game. He's he's bound to go off for a hundred, five for a hundred. You know. In this, in the in the box, it shows. I don't know. I lost train of thought right there. But Julio, yes, I'm all go. I'll go on Julio. <laughs> now, as we wrap up this interview, some not so much inside information. I thought we were going to get some more <laughs> New Orleans knowledge. You really didn't have much for us. Talking about, someone's, wa- talking about <laughs> someone's, someone's wife, or someone's mediocre reasons. wife. Um, <laughs> heading into 2019, any type? How's your mindset? How you feeling? Are you prepared? What should we expect from Galley the Squid heading into 2019? Well, just another dominant draft performance, as last year showed. <laughs> you know, as, as blacked out as I will be, I'll still draft a top five team. And, um, you know, no more teams because your boy has full control over his team again. Um, do you, over under you pass out this year? <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the under. Okay, so you're gonna make it all. I, I don't have draft. I don't have two drafts in the same day, so. You, we're there. We're, okay. we're live. Do you, we're do you have your grandma's birthday party the next day or something? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Well, hey, Gallagher, man, we appreciate you taking time, you know, stepping away from the video games, playing Overwatch. Yeah, man. Hey, we, re- we really appreciate it. We, we look forward to reaching you out during the season, reaching out to you and getting a uh, – Yeah, reach, getting, reach me out. Reach me out, brother. <laughs> okay, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, stay dry <laughs> out there in New Orleans, all right, man? All right, man. I just want to say – how impressed I am with the maturation of this podcast. And Randy, the maturation <laughs> of you just like maturating. Yeah. 
Yeah. I said it. I All said right, the word twice last week. I, I, it was three. I counted three. All right. All right. Well, enjoy. Enjoy your. Uh, we look forward to seeing you. Enjoy your week, yeah, and uh, see you soon, there, buddy. All right, bro. Enjoy. Enjoy it. All right. Take care, All guys. Right. Peace. Peace. Gail the kid always, always provides some good content. It's always good to reach out to the kid and see what, what he's up to and just yeah. touch base with him to make sure he's alive. Yeah, you know? make sure he's doing well. Make sure he gets out of the house, too, because there's times when we worry that he's not really very social except gaming because he games like a loon. Absolutely. Just to think, like, do you think he'll see the sunlight like over under like two to three hours a day, if that? I think it's under, man. I think it's under. But I will say this. Um, I think lately on Instagram, he's been out and about looking at some gators, you know, doing some hiking. So it's good to see him being more active. Will um, he come sun-kissed to the draft, do you think? A little base? A little I think base? so. I think so. I can expect a little bit more of a tan yeah, uh, like back he, out. Yeah, like he acts like he actually lives in a coastal area. Yep. Now, wow, you know, we're going to keep the, 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 the lounge line open all year. We're going to have a lot of guests come in, talk to us about five, ten minutes of quality content. Now, we mentioned earlier we're breaking down the NFC South. Last week it was NFC North. Uh, we got some sweet and sour coming up. But first, we want to just break down uh, the th- – so you could argue that this division has stacked with fantasy talent. And we're just going to talk about real quick. We're going to give a shout-out to some of the three best receivers in the league, three of the top eight receivers in the league. And we're kind of just break down maybe which one we would like heading into 2019. And we're talking, of course, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Mike Evans – Three star-studded wideouts. Um, heading in, initially, what are your thoughts on these three guys there, Ray? Um, It's one of those things where if any one of these guys are on your team as your wide receiver one, you're feeling good about yourself. So that's the main Absolutely. thing for me. The guys, These guys are what you would call the, the consummate pros. There's two things in fantasy you're always looking for. Availability. Consistency. And, and consistency. Consistency. Inconsistency. I like consistency. Yeah. Yes. So these guys have played in mostly every game they've played in at least 15 games a year. Now, all three had monster 2018s, and here's the thing. They all kind of do something a little different. Like, if we just break down fantasy rank PPR, Yahoo, um, Julio was the fourth best, Thomas was sixth, Evans was ninth. In receptions, Thomas led the league with 125, Julio at 113, Mike Evans had 86 receptions. In targets, Julio had a whopping 170, which led the league last year, I believe. Michael Thomas had 147 targets. Mike Evans, though, not far behind with 138. We're talking receiving yards, Julio, 1,600 yards, Mike, uh, Mike Evans actually with 1,500 yards, and then Michael Thomas with 1,400 yards. Reception tutties. Mike Thomas with nine, Evans and Julio with eight. So talk about a lot of um, stats, a lot of production, a lot of consistency. If you had to give me right now, if you had to pick, put a gun to your head, Randy, pick one that you have to have this year, who are you taking? I'm taking Michael Thomas. Give me one. And, here, and here's the reason why. Um, like, like I said before, it, do, it doesn't matter. Either, either one of these guys, you guys are happy to have. But I think Michael Thomas is on the cusp. He's at that age. He's 26. He's on the cusp of being – that household name across the league. Michael Thomas, is he's, he's pretty well-known right now, but I think he's an opportunity to be the best wide receiver in football. Absolutely. And, now, here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, looking at New Orleans' roster, you know, I know like he's always the number one, but it's like I feel like even more clear now he's the more, like the number one. In terms of, like, there's not really anybody there that's going to really eat into his workload. And what's interesting about New Orleans is that, you know, obviously with Kamara coming out of the backfield, it's always hard to, to kind of double-team Thomas because you have Kamara with uh, that big playability. And then also they move Thomas around pretty well. 
Yeah, right now Thomas is he's had a better year every year statistically since coming in the league in 2016. 2017, he did have five TDs. That's the only thing that went down. But he said nine TDs, 16, five TDs, 17, nine TDs, and 18. But his receiving yards, his receptions have went up every year. I think he's on the cusp. This is year four, and he's getting in, into his prime. That he has that big play, that household name. Everyone knows you. Capability. I will say this. He caught 85% of his targets thrown, which is absurd. And, you know, obviously, Bruce being so accurate. If he's getting the targets, if he sees the tar- if he sees 140 targets, you could bank on 115, 120 receptions again. Now, I will throw this out here. I'm intrigued by Michael Thomas here. Number one, Bruce Arians coming in, taking the helm. We know Arians likes to air it out. Now, you, know, th- you mean Mike Evans? Yeah, Mike Evans. What did I say? Michael Thomas. Oh, yeah. I do. The mics, you know. Yeah. Three mics in a room. It's crowded. Now, Mike Evans is intriguing. Um, I look at this. They're missing someone that was important in their offense last year. Adam Humphreys. 104 targets last year for Humphreys. I'm interested to see how Jameis is going to break those targets up. Because if you're telling me that, say, for instance, if you just take 25 of those targets that Humphreys got last year and you throw them Evans' way, you could argue that Mike Evans might be the most productive receiver in the NFC South, maybe in the league. Now, as... You know, as the year progresses, I want to keep you know chart of that uh, the targets that Evans is looking at, but without a doubt, he averaged seventeen point three yards per catch, which was more than Julio and more than um, Michael Thomas. So the big plays are there. I'm kind of intrigued by Mike Evans um, in terms of I think he could be potential. When you get him in the second round, he could potentially be a top three receiver this year, based on Arians, based on Humphrey's targets, and then based on his connection with James. I mean, Mike Mike Evans has played two more years in the league than Michael Thomas, and he's only a year older. Since 2014, he's played in 15 or more games every year. Like I said, consistency and availability. That's what we need. He's went for over 1,000 yards since 2014 every year. He went for 12 TDs twice in 14 and 16. He's got that big playability. He's a huge wide receiver and a huge target. My only concern with Mike Evans is what are you getting out of the quarterback position in Tampa Bay with Jameis? Do you, could you possibly see this as Jameis' last run in Tampa Bay? Can Quite you, possible. Quite who, possible. Who's their backup right now? Could not tell you. Do not know. I don't think it's a high name. I don't think it's a profile name. Let me look. Um, it's, it's not coming to mind. Let me look up right now. Could you see Jameis being potentially benched after f- four weeks? Of I don't think football? it's a Fitzpatrick situation. Um Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. So, actually, I think Gabbert has some familiarity with Arian's system, but I'm not worried about that. J- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, rain or shine, are going to be running Jameis out there because this is last year and they want to see what they have. Now, real quickly, could you make the case for Julio? We, I talked to Evans. You talked uh, Michael Thomas. Make the case for Julio. It's, I mean, it's an easy case to make, but Absolutely. we're both saying we kind of would rather have two other receivers this year. Maybe. Julio's now 30 years old. Okay. Um, that's not making the case for him. But yeah. since 2014, he has had at least 1,400 yards and f- over 90 catches. The dude, just a consummate pro. Big playability. Even though Julio's always got, like, banged up feet, banged up toes, ankles, mm-hmm. stuff like that, the dude always plays. The dude, you know he's going to be there on Sunday. Only thing I- I'm concerned with, and even though Matt Ryan had a stellar year last year, Remember that stretch where they went on where Matt Ryan couldn't get Julio in the end zone? Yep, especially in 2017 when they found that. In the, red z- in the red zone, yep. they cannot figure it out. Is that something that they could take a step forward? These guys are two pros that have been around forever. 
Well, I think what's nice was Ridley's emergence kind of took a little pressure off that dynamic. Because um, Julio found the end zone eight times last year. Um, yeah, no, I mean, Julio's great. I think the age is somewhat of a factor. Um, Julio has not gone for a double-digit TD since 2012. True, I'm looking at that right now. Um, again, the 1,600 yards this year, almost 1,700 was insane. He eats up yards. He eats he up yards. He does eat up yards. I mean, all three of them are great. There's a possibility you might end up with two, depending on if someone falls in a 10 or 12 team league draft. Um, I think that's the old way of drafting, though. When you went heavy, you went two, receivers, two receivers. number one wide receivers, especially with the running back position so kind of obsolete that you need a top-tier running back to start your draft. You don't want to go in, even though at the end of the year, it, it's like a mishmash of who's actually available at the running back position. Mm-hmm. But you want one of those top-tier running backs to, to suit with one of these good wide receivers. Absolutely. Now, we just want to give them their just due because these are fantasy studs that, that deserve our attention. Now, as we move into our segment, Sweet and Sour here, guys, I feel like the NFC South is like a treasure trove of fantasy gold. I feel like the Goonies going on a journey. You're kind of Mikey, the annoying like sidekick. I'm like Josh Brolin's character, the good-looking guy that kind of controls everything and, and gets the girl at the end. What do you think about that? <laughs> Jeez, where to come to you? So I'm, I'm over here hitting my inhaler and stuff. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're okay, in the thanks, inhaler. Man, I'm Josh Brolin. You know, I'm the one taking care of business. Now, as we get a sweet and sour, we just broke down Mike Evans, a guy I'm super sweet on, so sweet that it's causing a cavity here, boys. Chris Godwin. I had him last year, and boy, was he effective. Look, I'm super sweet on this guy. 95 targets last year with a crowded receiving core. He was the 27th, uh, 27th best fantasy receiver. Um, again, we talked about we highlighted Humphreys. We lose his targets. That means more passes thrown to Godwin's way. Clear number two. I like this quote from Bruce Arians. Godwin can be a hunter catch guy. That that you know perks my ears up a little bit. You know the number one offense was last year in, in the NFL in terms of yards per game? Probably Tampa Bay because they were down so much all the time. Tampa Bay. Guess who had the fourth most passing attempts last year in the NFL? Who? Tampa Bay. My point is they like to throw the ball. Give me Chris Godwin. I think he's a potential. I know you had that chart up, but I mean you're probably maybe looking at a seventh rounder, sixth, seventh rounder. Yeah. Maybe someone's super high in him, takes him in the fifth. But I like Godwin's uh, fantasy appeal this year. I could agree with that. I could, I, I'm high in Godwin as well, especially with Matthew Ryan that threw 35 TDs last year. There's a lot to go around. Oh, James Winston. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, James Winston. And he's got the big playability and can air it out. Um, it, especially if that team's only projected to get uh, a low-end win total, you know they're going to be down a lot and they're going to be airing the ball out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you want. Jameis throws a good deep ball. Um, a guy I'm high on myself, he's going back like we were talking about in Atlanta, is Calvin Ridley. Last year at 64 receptions for on 92 targets, 821 yards, and 10 TDs. His big playability is what stands out for me. Also, he's an explosive offense like I just stated before. Matt Ryan threw 35 TDs. There's a lot to go around. You got Devontae Freeman that's finally healthy. So you get a little uh, little more out of the running game with uh, him and, and Ido Smith, as well as the aging of Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu has always been a staple. He's always been there, a, a good guy in the slot and a good guy to get a big catch when they need it. But I think when Mohamed Sanu, he's getting a lot older now. So you, I think Calvin Ridley in year two, that was only his rookie year that he put up those numbers. In year two, mm-hmm. I think he takes another step forward to put himself on the map. Yeah. Um, again, again, there's, these teams are so stacked in terms of fantasy appeal that, you know, 
it's it's kind of remarkable some of these numbers people are putting up. You mentioned them. A guy I'm super sweet on is almost like a bounce back is Devontae Freeman. Now, in 2016, well, actually 2015 and 2016, two monster years. Now, in 2017, if you had Devontae Freeman, you probably drafted him in the first round. You were disappointed. But when it was all said and done in 2017, he was still the 14th best fantasy running back. Coming off of 2018 where he is, when he was injured, uh, Coach Quinn was, I think, Quinn Snyder, right? No. That's that's the dude from uh, Utah uh-huh. Jazz. But uh, Dan Quinn. Dan what did I say? Quinn. I said Coach yeah. Quinn. I was yeah. right. Dan Quinn says Devontae Freeman looks like him, his old self. Um, I kind of like Devontae Freeman, maybe fourth round potential, third round potential, depending. Uh, this guy could be, a, uh, I think, has the potential to be a, a top 12 fantasy running back if he's healthy. Again, they lose Tevin Coleman. I like that because, you know, Tevin Coleman was legit, you know, splitting time with him. I know Ito Smith is there, but I think Devontae will see a, a tick in uh, reps, a tick, a tick of, a, a t- an uptick in production. Um, low risk, high reward type player for me. Yeah, right now he's going 17 out of running backs, and he's around the Leonard Fournette, don't want, Derrick Henry. You saw what you saw. For Doesn't three, catch the ball in the backfield. Yeah, for three games. Marlon Mack has potential, but then you got Carry on Johnson. So he, I would take him over all those people I mean, in that it, position. When he, when Freeman was healthy from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen, he averaged about fifty receptions a year. If you just get forty receptions, you're feeling really good about that. Again, maybe not a number one, but definitely a legit feeling great number two running back. High end RB two, yep. uh, borderline RB one, I think this year. Um, another guy for us, we already stated before, Gallagher had him last year. He's top three right now in fantasy. It's Christian McCaffrey. And just the pure volume of actually getting the workload last year showed how dynamic and how special this player is. He had 1,000 yards rushing, seven TDs. had 107 receptions for 867 yards and six TDs. 13 total. 13 total. He played in all 16 games, both in 17 and 18. Durable. That's what I like. And he's a third-ranked running back. I think he could be one of the first people since Marshawn, uh, Marshawn, since Marshall Falk to go for a thousand for thousand. I think it's definitely possible. It's crazy the uh, rapport he has with Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey caught eighty-seven percent of his targets last he year. He looks huge right now. Yeah, he does. If you're look looking good. at, he looks good on on Insta right now. He's flexing out there. He looks like a big boy. That's a, that's what coming on coming out of uh, Stanford. They always thought about his durability and stuff like that. But he put on the weight and he put the work in the weight room. You know, everyone says that every year, oh, I'm feeling the best, my body fat's down, it's never looked better in camp. But he's passing the eye test for me right now to be that durable back and make him into that fantasy gold mine. I agree. I agree. You know, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I think he, you make the to make the case that he should be drafted number one, even over Saquon. I don't have no problem with that if someone does that. Um, some guy I'm not super sweet. I'm more like bland on. I feel okay on. We're talking about his teammate, DJ Moore. Someone has to catch the ball in Carolina, besides McCaffrey. Um, DJ Moore, um, last year, caught 67% of his targets from Cam Newton, which was better than Curtis Samuel. So I know some people are high on Curtis Samuel. Uh, he Better rapport with Cam Newton. He had 55 receptions last year. What I like about DJ Moore is his yards per catch. 14.3 yards per catch last year, higher than Michael Thomas, higher than Juju, higher than Thielen, higher than Devontae Adams, higher than Antonio Brown. No Funches there. That means 44 receptions gone from last year. If he just gets 9, 10 more receptions, I'm happy with that as your wide receiver 3 for sure. I like DJ Moore over Curtis Samuel. I'll take him 
if I had the opportunity. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. Someone's got to get the ball there, and I think Cam, like even though Cam was hurt last year with that shoulder injury and couldn't throw the ball more than eight yards at the end of the season, he was still putting up good stats. As uh, DJ Moore was absolutely. Um, now, as we're sweet, we're also sour. Now, do you have anybody sweet? I got one more. Oh, sure. I got okay. one more sweet. Go one more sweet. Can I give it to you. Yeah, absolutely. I got Matt Ryan played all sixteen games every year since two thousand ten. What what are we what is like if you could say the main point talking points we're talking about in fantasy consistency consistency and availability and dependability oh throw in another one yeah just all any type all of the ability. ability all, all the abilities, abilities all the abilities yeah. but dude's playing all sixteen games since two thousand ten right now he's the fifth ranked quarterback last year he th- threw for almost five thousand yards thirty five TDs and seven interceptions yeah he had a big year <coughs> and I think it only gets better. I think, I think that offense is is primed to have another killer year. Um, their defense going to be a little better, so I don't think they're aired out as much. But I still think Matt Ryan, when it's all said and done, is going to be top four quarterback. Okay. Now, as you're sweet on Matt Ryan, I know I, I want to preface this. I'm not bashing my next guy here that I'm sour on because he's a stud and I want him on my team. But if I had to pick someone, I'm slightly sour on, barely sour, not even making a face if you if you eat a warhead, right? Drew Brees, I'm a little sour on Brees this year. He's got a lot of miles on the, the, the arm there. He Last year he was the eighth quarterback in fantasy. I could see him potentially being in that 12 to 14 range. <clears throat> now, why? Now I'm not just saying that just to say it. Last year, New Orleans, fifth most rushing attempts in 2018. This was the first season since 2005 where he didn't get to 4,000 yards. Now, he did play 15 games. He missed the game. And if he would have played that 16th game, he would have got to 4,000 yards. But still. Also, lowest attempt since 2004. Also, back-to-back years with under 600 attempts, which is uh, uh, you know rare for Breeze. So my point is, New Orleans is making a concerted effort to kind of limit his or lower his workload. And you see that with the addition of um, Latavius Murray. I expect him to get the Ingram role. I expect him to run the ball more. I expect him to run Kamara a little bit more. Um, I expect to see more Taysom Hill packages, which God knows is eats away at not only Kamara's production, but also Drew Brees' production. For our production. So again, he had a monster year, 32-5 on the power numbers in terms of 32 tutties, only five picks. One of the most accurate quarterbacks ever. But I could see him being a, a guy that maybe people draft high and maybe they're not getting the production that they thought they were going to get. Um, you, you need to know what you're going to get from Brees. You're going to get consistency, and he's, he's going to win you some weeks, and he's just going to put up the numbers to have your other guys just to stand pat, and other guys are going to have to step up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who are you sour on there, uh, Kamish? Who am I sour on? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought you were rearing back ready to go. We're oh, back ready to fight. Well, I got, I got a lot of I got a lot I of bullshit. I am sour on Latavius Murray just because even though he had a, a lot of yards after contacts for Minnesota last year, I don't think he's going to be as productive as marking him in that role just because we stated before with the Taysom Hill. I think he gets that goal line back position is not going to just be all Latavius Murray like it was marking him in the past. Yeah, and that's all. That's all his value is. Is a guy at the goal line maybe get you eight to ten t- touchdowns, and it's just all goal line work. And I think Alvin Kamara, you need to get this man the ball more, especially with Breeze getting older. You need to get this man in space and his big playability. Yeah, you know it's interesting. You know we broke down you know the receivers and stuff. I mean Kamara and McCaffrey, geez. I mean talk about stud Kamara McCaffrey and. 
Um, why why am I drawing a drawing like a Devontae Freeman? Could, yeah, studs. Like, could be studs. Some some of the best running backs, uh, running back division in all of football. True. Now speaking of running backs. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, I'm not sour on just one Tampa Bay running back. I'm sour on the entire situation. Now, fitting situ, uh, it's four syllables. They have three running backs. Never mind. Now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running backs, I'm concerned. Peyton Barber, Rojo, and then also a little sneaky signing, uh, Andre Ellington. They bring in who has actually, it's kind of interesting to me because he's got rapport with Bruce Arians. So that's an interesting signing to me. Now, I'm just going to break down why I don't like all three of these people. Peyton Barber last year, 3.7 yards a rush. That's not good, guys. He had the ninth most rushing attempts last year in the NFL and finished outside the top 30 fantasy. Put that in perspective. He's getting the volume, not getting the results. Ronald Jones last year, I know he's a second rounder and stuff like that. Ronald Jones only played in you know a handful of games, did not show me anything. Already reports out he's not very good out of the backfield in terms of catching the ball. So he's going to be more of a guy that's going to run the ball, not so much catch it. Now, the reason why I bring up Andre Ellington is because Andre Ellington, under Bruce Arians, had a lot of production. Now, in his first two years with Arians, Ellington, or his first two years were his most productive. With Arians, he had a, put it this way, Ellington has a career 224 targets. 122 of those came in his first two years under Bruce Arians. He he feels confident in Ellington. He he knows what he has in Ellington. I could see Ellington now again. It's still early in camp. Maybe he doesn't look good in camp. He didn't play last year. But I could see Ellington maybe taking over some third down roles, which again limits uh, Payne Barber, limits Ronald Jones. Now, last time we saw Ellington in 2017, he showed some signs in Arizona. He had 33 receptions on 50 targets. So the man could catch the ball, and that's something that Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones are lacking. So you're looking at a, a, a running back carousel in Tampa Bay, which you, you don't no, want to touch. You want no in part fantasy. of a carousel. The only thing I could say is under Bruce Arians' offense, statistically, the whoever takes that leadership role, whoever takes that that heavy workload, has been very fantasy relevant. I will say but this. They, but they're also talented. Yes. There's not a David Johnson in this group yet. Unless There's not, there's unless not a Le'Veon Bell. They, that's my point, right? Now, Ellington lost some touch or lost some uh, production when David Johnson became David Johnson. My point is, it's interesting to see if he shows up and he's you know relevant in camp, how it's going to look. But again, I don't want any part of these running backs. Um, and again, too, Jameis loves to throw the ball to receivers, O.J. Howard, Cameron Bray. I don't think there's a lot of production receiving from these from these guys either. So I don't want to touch any three of those or that whole situation for that matter. And that puts a lot of pressure on Jameis. Absolutely. Which puts pressure on Mike Evans. Speaking so. of pressure, when people – you know what's pressure? is when people have trouble paying their bills. Oh, dude, tell that's, me about that's it. That's pressure. And we have a segment here called the Mortgage Payment where the commission gives us some – some opportunity to make some money to help pay those bills. And so, Commission, what are some of your juiciest NFC South mortgage payment bets you got? Right now, let's just do, we'll do over-unders just from the NFC South. Right now, you got Atlanta over-under nine wins. Okay. Taking the over. Okay. You got Carolina over-under seven and a half. Taking the over. I think they win eight. Okay. You're taking New Orleans at ten and a half. I don't know. I don't touch it. I think they went ten years. Right, you gotta get eleven. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you stay at ten. And usually, here's the thing too. Usually they they 
they beat each other up in the division. Oh, they do. They usually split a lot in that division. You, you remember got, Tampa last year, week two, with Fitzpatrick goes into New Orleans and, and just beats, beats the brakes off. Yep. He okay. threw for six TDs. And then you got Tampa Bay over under six and a half. I'm taking the heavy under. I just do not believe in that offense. Okay. Yeah, not only the offense, the defense is very depleted. They brought in a Dom Sue and got rid of Gerald McCoy. A mainstay there. Yeah, a mainstay to a, and a pass rusher. And what a Dom Sue you're getting. It depends. He gives you five good games, and if they're not playing well, he's the Lions. All counts to Jerry McCoy, locker room leader. Everybody loved him. I, I don't get that move. Um, right now, over-under, actually, they're giving a little statistics just to win out the division. Atlanta's at plus 300. Carolina's at plus 550. New Orleans is, is the heavy favorite at minus 250. And then Tampa Bay's at plus 1,000. So right now, Vegas is pretty... Pretty adamant that New Orleans is going to win. I think a, a, a little sneaky bet at plus 300 is Atlanta to win that division. I could see I Atlanta. That's a smart move, right? Yeah. That's smart money. If you're going to bet your money. And now let's let's go to some um, some prop bets. Yep, yep. Some prop bets. We got wide receiver overall yards. Right now, Julio is, is ranked the best. Yeah. And he's at plus 375. Michael Thomas is at plus 700, the fourth best wide receiver okay. option. The seventh best is Mike Evans, which I think is a sneaky play at plus 1,400. Dude, we highlight, we highlighted. Now, the, we, why, why don't I touch Thomas? Because Breeze doesn't air it out like that. Yeah. I don't touch Thomas. I think that's a sucker bet. I like the Evans pick again, guys. If you're looking at possible production, Adam, with Humphreys not being there, someone that's 105 targets, 104 targets that are missing. Evans is going to get some of those. He's going to get a lot of those. So more more productivity, I think. Plus fourteen hundred, bet a hundred bucks, win fourteen hundred. That's I, that's a nice fantasy season for you, and that's a nice uh, little little profit at the end of the year during Super Bowl time. And then you got Godwin right now. He's he's the twentieth best option at plus four thousand. So that's something to keep in mind that just shows you how uh, how high Julio Thomas and Evans and, and are. Put it this way, Mike Evans was third in in receiving yards last year in the yeah. NFL, Could only happen. behind Julio and Hopkins. So. Another prop bet is rushing yards. Right now, Chris McCaffrey is the 14th best option for rushing yards in a single season, and he's at plus 3,000. Interesting. Interesting to me. You got Freeman is the 22nd at plus 5,000, uh, 5, and Kamara at plus 4,000, and he's 24th. McCaffrey is the one interesting one to me. Just to bet if, he, if the guy goes off, could have a, a stellar year. At, at, uh, at, at, at plus 3,000. McCaffrey last year, sixth in the league in rushing yeah. at just under 1,100 yards. Yeah, you put 50 bucks on him, you win 1,500. What's Freeman? Plus 5,000. Okay. I don't see Freeman leading the league in rushing. Either. I don't see Kamara either. Yeah. Um, the McCaffrey one's interesting. He, he, was, he was about 300 shy of Zeke last year. Uh, it went Zeke, Barkley, Gurley, Mixon at four, which is kind of intriguing. And then Chris Carson at five, which is... Also interesting. And those okay. the only guys to rush over 1,000 yards. Henry, you're missing Henry, yeah. AP, and Phil Lindsay. So only nine people last year rushed for 1,000, yeah. which is, you know, the days of old would be, yeah. rolling, you know, OJ Simpson's rolling over in his grave right now. Now, he's at, not dead. Oh, he just, you know. <laughs> he just kills people. Yeah, he just kills people. All right. All right. Now, episode two. I thought it was a pretty good episode. We short and sweet, and we I, got to it. I think, yeah, it's definitely under than it's definitely shorter than last week's episode, without a doubt, by seven minutes. Um, episode three is coming out soon. We're gonna pro- we're gonna do the NFC East. We're gonna break down sweet and sour's. We're gonna talk about some Zeke stuff, Dak stuff. Who do you pay in Dallas? Um, any final words? 
Um, it, it's good to finally. You got to say it out to Lee. If you're not doing any research and you're not doing some mock drafts already, you're you're already behind. Yes. So, so uh, good for us. You know what I mean? We're already we're already we're already plateaued. We got the feet planted, and we're making moves right now yeah. in fantasy. Shout, we're all in. Shout all out in. to Ricardo too, and all the way in Cutter listening to the lounge. We appreciate the support. Um, maybe, yeah. get a, maybe get a call to Cutter, see what's going yeah, on in the Middle East. I can't pay those overseas fees. Oh, use a um, work phone. Just reminder: check us out on Instagram, uh, Anchor, Spotify. Everything. iTunes. You can listen to us on iTunes podcast. Yeah. Um, of course, Twitter. You got. You got to give us a follow as much as possible. That's that's broadcast this league and that's make this yeah, league talk to your not buddies. just not just a local establishment on the south side, but that's that. Let's go viral and let's go worldwide. We'll see. But yeah, just you know, baby steps. Yeah, worldwide as, pit bull style, you know. As always, he's the commish. I'm Mikey Mack. Remember, it's never too late to come relax in the lounge. Take care, y'all. Good night.